I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who scored only four rouges all last season. Jack and Stan Peters are over the hump and back on top. 2018 Grey Cup champions. Yeah, man, I, I eat chalk for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Muy caliente. All right. We are live with the 16th episode of the Red, White, and the Rouge podcast. My name is John. You guys can find me on Twitter at John Hewish underscore. As is the case with every Tuesday, I'm joined by my co-host with the most, Rob, also known as Rob McSports on Twitter. How was your week 15? I had a I had a really good week fifteen. A lot of my uh, a lot of my bets uh, a lot of my bets hit, um, and uh, overall good weekend of football. It's fun to see fun to see young quarterbacks really ripping up the league. Yeah, or ripping off guys' helmets and hitting them with it. That's also fun. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. No, you wanted to start off this week, guys. As usual, we're going to do the the rewind in a sec, but we're going to start off this week with a quick. Uh, quick rapid fire question segment that rob has set up i don't know what the questions are so this is always fun uh for me to try come up with a coherent answer on the spot so what you got all right so we're, we're gonna call it rapid fire but there's only three questions so this will be the very this will be the most rapid of rapid fire sessions um so my first question is is vernon adams jr when he is not hitting people with helmets the best quarterback in the league so far this year so far this season, I would say no. Who is that? I think I still think it's Cody Fajardo, and I'm not just standing by that because no, like, fair oh, enough. Because okay. that was like my take. I think it's because he's faced more difficult opponents. He had a starting role slightly earlier, and more so, it was the expectations that were on him. Vernon Adams Jr. starting in Montreal, there was you know, no, there were no expectations for them to do anything after. Uh, Pipkin got injured, so Antonio, lest yes. we forget. Yeah, so no, for me it's still Cody. All right, all right. Question the second: Does the PED story change the narrative on Andrew Harris's season? Does this sully what 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 has been and what continues to be a amazing year? Man, that's really tough. I mean, we were talking about that. It's right? Like, is, he, is he still eligible to win MOP? Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, this is me gauging the reaction of the public that I've seen so far, and the answer would be no. It doesn't seem like people are too upset about it. Like, obviously, Riders fans are poking fun at Bombers fans about it, but overall, I don't think it completely ruins his image uh or the season he's he's having honestly is um you know i might disagree with that but just gauging public opinion it's like yeah but i don't think people are going to remember what's your opinion though i get my public perception you don't think it ruins the air but what's your opinion my opinion personally i don't think he should win it because of this um well i mean he he missed two games i mean that that kind of like that's like 10 percent of the season right is it still possible? I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think but there are guys that have been better. Let's pretend he wasn't suspended, but you knew he took PEDs. Do you oh. think that makes him ineligible in your mind, morally? No. 
Just like I think Barry Bonds should be in the MLB Hall of Fame. Same thing. Right. They're still they're they're so much better than everybody else in the league. And they ha- and Harris has been for so long that it's like no, a two game suspension for PEDs doesn't doesn't ruin his image in my opinion. And again, that's I stand by that same take with Barry Bonds too. And I will I will die on that hill. Yes, you've shown me the Barry Bonds video. He he was he was amazing. Okay. So that that was an excellent answer. Very very challenging question. And now my final question. Who is your Grey Cup favorite at this point? Who will win it all? You think it's kind of got to be Calgary, right? I mean, Calgary just kind of just again, they are so stable. As weird as that sounds, Winnipeg is uh, as good as they are a circus with Chris Streveler not being able to throw the ball. It's like, you know, the Lamar Jackson of the CFL, basically. The, you got Montreal. It's like, yeah, it's, it's Vernon Adams Jr. He doesn't really have any experience in the playoffs. Trevor Harris might be injured. Edmonton might not even make the playoffs. You should be playoffs, talking about Streveler in a Stephen A. Smith voice if you're going to compare him to Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty funny, but... Um, uh, yeah, no, so I, I think it's got to be Calgary again. It's like, I can see maybe Calgary, Saskatchewan, Western Final, or Calgary, Winnipeg, but honestly, in either of those situations, my money is on Calgary to go to the Grey Cup and beat whoever comes out of the, the East. I think basically any Western team will beat the team coming out of the East. The East has, especially now that uh, Ottawa's really shown their true colors, there's really not a whole lot in the East, and unless Vernon Adams Jr. comes in and throws for 550 yards in a Grey Cup, which I'm not saying is even likely, there's really not a lot in the East to love. Like the Tie Cats, I don't know, man. I love the Tie Cats, but I don't know. No, I hate, I hate them. I can't say I like anything about them, so I have a bias at this point. Um, no, but yeah, anyway, let's. Jump into the rewind. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So, good week last week. Obviously, the biggest game was, a, well, the most exciting game was the Montreal-Saskatchewan uh, game. Or, sorry, Montreal-Winnipeg Winnipeg game, in yeah. which Win- Montreal won by a single point, and Verdon Adams put up something like 44 DFS points. Yeah, he had uh, 250 passing yards in the fourth quarter alone. Jesus. He went nuts. Literally, he went nuts. Whacked Adam Big Hill over the head with his helmet after the interception. Will not be playing this week because he chose to do that. Um, but man, no, that, that was obviously really exciting. And Edmonton-Hamilton, too. We saw the end of that game. And yeah. I was like, yeah, 20, 20 to nothing for Hamilton the fourth in the first quarter. This is going to be a, a runaway. And they really shit themselves after that and Edmonton pulled it together pretty nicely so that was another exciting ending I had a Calgary minus six and a half as well so Toronto made that a lot closer than I would have liked them to make it but that was still a no surprise and then BC dumping on Ottawa again how bad is this Ottawa team they're worse than BC was two weeks ago at this point, honestly. <laughs> oh my god. I, yeah, no, they're um they're making Devon Claybrooks look like a genius. They're they're truly terrible. And I don't actually just blame 
Jeremiah, uh, uh, Jonathan Jennings. There's so much wrong there, and I can't really put my finger on what exactly it is. Like, if I was the GM, I would basically just have my head in my hands and be in the fetal position because what a mess. It's all fallen apart so quickly. And it started last summer when they lost basically everyone. But it's really kind of come into the forefront now. Oh, yeah. So last week I made a mistake. I said if BC beat Ottawa, they would be in a playoff position. That was not true. Three teams don't make the playoffs in the CFL. Not two. That's so right. So it's, um, I mean, they're only four points behind Edmonton. Edmonton's free-falling. Trevor Harris might not be back this week. And BC gets to play. They've been blessed to play the Alouettes without Vernon Adams Jr. And they were going to have to face, like, maybe Antonio Pipkin. That literally everything is coming up Millhouse for the BC Lions right now. This is as good as they could ask for a schedule going down the stretch. I totally agree. This is this is as good as it can get. And after this week versus the Vagilis, <laughs> um, uh Alouettes, they are playing the very, very mediocre uh, Toronto Argonauts. And then they play Edmonton. And I th- that'll be it. That'll be the game that decides it. Yes, it will be. As long as Edmonton doesn't put up two wins in a row, but I'm, especially if uh, uh, Harris is not back, I don't see that as much of a possibility. Somebody play the playoff. Uh, somebody play the playoff noise. Playoffs. Yeah, exactly. They might make All right. it. Uh, should oh. we get into this week of action? I mean, I think calling what we have this week action is generous, guys. As I said, like seven episodes ago, maybe. At this point, your DFS action, uh, unless you're playing like literally every contest, is tough to make it exceed triple digits. So, um, yeah, not. I'm probably going to play like three contests this week, and they're all terrible. So, mainly going to be a, a betting week for me, as as will be the case, honestly, for the rest of the season going down the stretch. It's just unfortunate. That's that's just you know the reality of it with with NFL and. And uh, the way things are, so we just, you know... Because people accept a mediocre product just because it's American. Yeah, I mean, calling again. Uh, I don't... I don't understand what, why people get so excited over NFL primetime. That I'll never get. Okay. It's not that no. good, guys. Anyway. Okay, first game of the week on Friday night is... Hamilton. They are at Winnipeg, and Winnipeg are four and a half point favorites. The total in this one is 48. Chris Streveler is going to run for his life and job at 9,600. He's pretty well like a guarantee to rush for a touchdown at this point, as annoying as that is. Yep. Like, I've kind of grown to hate him because of it. It's annoying. I, 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 I can't get behind you on that. I love him. It's just just stop, stop running. Stop, try to throw the ball. Like, I don't know. When I had, if, as somebody who had Andrew Harris, it annoyed me quite a bit. But against Hamilton, that, I have no reason why you shouldn't play him at 9,600 with the way that he runs and how many touchdowns he is just hell bent on running for this season. He wants to win the fucking. <laughs> he wants the most rushing touchdowns this year, and he might get it too. You know, he reminds me of, like, an FCS football quarterback. Like, someone playing for, like, North Dakota State or something like that. 
you know, not a great thrower, but they just put in the best athlete possible and say, you're in at quarterback. Yeah, he's leading the league right now in rushing touchdowns, and that's not it's not going to change the rest of the way, honestly. I love so, that so much. Uh, yeah, so play him, honestly, against Hamilton. Sure, he's going to run Winnipeg's undefeated at home. you got to love that, you know, correlation play. Playing a quarterback as a favorite at home who will be the guy who's, you know, running the clock out at the end himself. Like Just fuck Andrew Harris, right? Well, John has already sold me on the fact that my quarterback choice was the wrong one, but uh, let's continue. The other quarterback, Dane Evans, um, no. has... <laughs> just to no. know. Um, yeah, he's not fantastic. He can have good games, but the Winnipeg defense is one of the better ones in the league. He's probably someone I stay away from. The real question, though, is Andrew Harris at 10100 The Harris 101, if you will. How do you okay. feel about that price point? So, spoiler alert for the end of the show. I have him in my lineup right now. I really don't like... I really don't like the wide receiver options we have this week. No. Um, I'm not comfortable with really any of them except for Burnham, Banks, and one more whole name in a second. Uh, but I might pivot him out so I can fit Brandon Banks in as my highest-priced guy and then just play, I don't know, mix and match and find out another running back to play, honestly. Uh, we'll see where I land with that. With that said, his floor is still as, as safe as ever. He put up 18 points last week without scoring a touchdown because he had over 100 receiving yards. So uh, at least Chris Strebler is somewhat using him properly. Um, uh, I'm not, yeah. Hamilton backfield, skip it. So straight into wideouts. <laughs> Again, Brandon Banks. You could go Braylon Addison at 94. Obviously, Brian Burnham will probably be the popular option at 96. And then Marcus Tucker. He's only 4,300, and he's been contributing the last few weeks, scored a touchdown last week, and he has been seeing seeing some increased targets, like 6, 7. So at 4,300, I really like that, and he's definitely my, my favorite value play on the board this week. Um, how are you I feeling about that. the yeah the, the Hamilton receiver? We're not talking about the Winnipeg receiving court. That's Andrew Harris. No, we, we really know, like, this, the numbers are staggering for the Winnipeg receiving core, and it actually plays out in the pricing on DraftKings. Guys like Wolitarski, uh, Nick Dembski, the man who they are, they will make sure becomes a star. All these guys have no receiving yards this year and are like four are like what five thousand each, forty eight hundred, and these are good, close to elite receivers when utilized properly. But under Nichols, both Nichols and Strevler, they just haven't been used. So yeah, they're a pass, and they've been a pass basically every week since the beginning of the season when we learned this. Okay, well let's. Uh... Uh, oh, Bombers D is always in play at 48. Uh, they're just, you know, they find a way even when they give up a lot of points. So, Yep, they're pretty good. Let's get into the next game. Edmonton is at Ottawa. There is no spread. There is no total because Vegas is waiting on the status of Trevor Harris. If Trevor Harris doesn't play, I have no interest in anybody in this game except for Christian Jones at 4,000 and the Eskimos defense and special teams at 44. That's it. If Harris does play... Greg Ellingson's only 7200 His price is finally coming down. I'm having a look at Greg Ellingson at 7200 Yeah, yeah. In my in my initial lineup that I made when I was just trying to fit things together, Ellingson at 72 I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a spicy meatball. I might have to jump yeah. in on that. But uh, I completely agree. Unless Harris is playing, you do not touch anyone apart from Christian Jones. 
And regardless of Jesus coming down from heaven and playing quarterback for Ottawa, I would still not pick anyone from their receiving core or running game. Nope. Hard pass. <laughs> Just oh like God. Jesus would throw. These last two games... Oh, yeah, the Hail Marys. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> last two games... Oh, man, there is just minimal interest for me. Um, so Saskatchewan at Toronto. Toronto are six-point dogs. The total in this one's 15.5. I can name the three players I'm interested on in Saskatchewan. Cody Fajardo. Still like him, even though he's probably not going to run as much as Chris Turvler. He is effective with his legs. He is effective with his arm. And the Toronto secondary is not effective. William Powell at 92. Game script fits him very well here. And Naaman Roosevelt, who has been one of the favorite targets for Fajardo the last few weeks, he's been really spreading the ball around, not so much just targeting Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans. I uh, still do like Moore. Uh, Evans at 8,800, though, is a hard pass from me. So that Ouch. is, uh, yeah, that's as far as my interest goes in this game. Um, yeah, I also, I don't hate Thigpen here because they are going to run the ball a lot against Toronto's defense, which has been horrible against basically all offense. So it wouldn't shock me if we get a few screen passes to Thigpen, a few, even a few runs from him. It might be something worth looking at if you're looking for a value play, because he puts up basically 10 points a game. Um, like it's it, you're paying a little bit more than you would for than for a guy like I don't know Katoy or Peterman, but at the same time, I would say the floor is definitely higher. Yes, yes I would agree with that. Uh, last game of the week already. Man, we're flying through this because honestly, there is not a lot to like with the pricing this week. There's not a lot to like with the contests, but um, yeah. Uh, Montreal's at BC. BC are five and a half point favorites with no Vernon Adams Jr. The total in this one is 49. Again, I can name the three players I'm interested in on BC real quick. Mike Riley, John White, Brian Burnham, and that's it. I'm not playing anybody on Montreal, and I'm not going to go dumpster diving in the bc offense either for anybody at this point it's the brian burnham show and john white occasionally makes a uh, an appearance in there um i agree with you generally um i think brian burnham and mike riley are they've got something special going and uh, that'll probably keep going for a few years now unless mike riley gets alzheimer's from all the hits he's been taking all year um and i do like john white however um with uh Vern adams out i wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of william standback this week like a lot and i think that he's someone worth a play with a i guess technically a third or fourth string quarterback in and the lines have not been good against the run other teams seem to have forgotten that but they're they're still not good yeah um i just uh, it's like a time of possession thing honestly like standback with Vern adams in last week he only carried the ball five times for two yards um even if they are feeding him this week, it's just like, again, it's just you feel like they aren't going to be on the field enough to really make it. Do you really think the Lions are that good after two weeks against the worst team in the league? No, I just don't think it'll be like, okay, we're going to handle Montreal's the ball a better off. team than BC. Yeah, no, it's like, but like, look at the way they've, A, been using him the last couple of weeks, and if Jeremiah Johnson's back, that just really throws a wrench in the works. Currently, um, Jeremiah Johnson is out, though, so that's something worth can, uh, worth mentioning. I, I I see your point. I definitely I definitely get it. It's just uh, I I disagree. Okay, and that's a there. Lot. You go. We're not a fucking totalitarian podcast. 
No. I'll fight you later, but that's that's different. <laughs> Alright, that is it for the game-by-game game breakdown. Uh, let's get into the three segments to close out the show. Starting off with the... McPicks. Alright, so I basically hate my lineup after discussing it for a few moments, but we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna push through anyway and uh, and go for it. So my quarterback is Fajardo, that I don't hate. I do like Fajardo there, I think he's the best choice on the board. I think there's too much that can go wrong with Riley, who would be my second quarterback choice. And uh, I'm I'm not playing um McLeod Bethel Thompson. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, for running backs I have Andrew Harris, uh, the human PED. He's more cactus than man at this point with all the water in his system, but at the same time, he can break tackles and make receptions. Um, I have Shaq Evans as my first receiver to pair with Fajardo, but I might change that because John kind of crapped on that idea. Thanks, buddy. Um, for, my other, <laughs> for my other receiver, I have Katoy, um, basically because he's inexpensive and I'm trying to fit in uh, my next guy, who my first flex, which is William Standback at 8000 I know he's expensive, but I think he will get the ball a lot this week with the second string or i don't know 80th string qb and let's remember that uh johnny manzel was going to start the season at quarterback just a few months ago and then i have uh thick pen mostly because i don't have a lot of pricing options here once again i'm not a huge fan of this lineup but uh take it as you will however i do like my defense i like the eskimos d at 4400 against a simply disgustingly bad edmund uh, ottawa offense which is so terrible that it makes justin trudeau's blackface thing look like the second worst thing happening in ottawa that was good that was good thank you all right let's jump into the that is it all right, uh, interesting situation for my lineup this week. I'll fire through it real quick. At quarterback, I have Mike Riley. My first running back is Andrew Harris. Like I said, I could pivot him to uh, not pivot him to wideout. I could pivot my highest priced player to wideout and make that Brandon Banks. Wide receiver one spot though right now is Brian Burnham. I have Marcus Tucker at wide receiver two. I like John that. White is my first flex. Uh, Christian Jones my second one, and the Bombers D as my defense. Now, if you want to fit Chris Streveler in, it is very simple. You switch the Bombers defense to the Eskimos, and then you put Chris Streveler or Cordy Fajardo in. Honestly, either works for Mike Riley, and that is um, that is how you get one of those quarterbacks in. But yeah, I'm not. You know, could go up from John White to Standback. Uh, I was remembering how Jeremiah Johnson was used. Standback didn't play in the game that Vernon Adams Jr. didn't play in last where, where Pipkin was starting. Um, Antonio. Yeah, so if, he, if he's there again, or honestly, if they use what's his name, Schultz, um, then uh, could, honestly, um, the more I think about it, I could see myself using standback, especially if Jeremiah Johnson remains sidelined because uh, Jeremiah Johnson, when he was the lone back that game, did get a fair share of targets and carries. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, that's a direction I could see myself going in. That was a good game. I watched that one. Well, it was the one that ended early, and I was pissed because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were you were at my place. Yeah, fuck. We do All actually right. hang out. We don't live miles apart. I know Canada is large, but I'm, I'm I feel like Americans' p- image of Canada is actually very small. It's like I've had some Amer- I've talked to American people and been like, you know, oh, I'm from Canada, and they're like, oh, do you know so and so? Like, where are they from? They're like, oh, <laughs> Toronto. It's like a high school. Yeah, it's like. No, Toronto is further away from me, about as far away from me, probably as New York is from Los Angeles. So, yeah, it's a good reference point. Anyway, price is 
right. Anyway, uh, all right. So my price to ride player of the week is William Standback. I think at eight thousand, that's a pretty good value play. Um, I'm really not playing much value here this week. I actually hate Thigpen in my lineup, but I will be taking him out. So really, I have no other options but to pick Standback. Um, I also think Cody Fajardo at ninety eight hundred isn't a bad price, but that's not a that's not a price is right choice. Well, I could you know interest you in pivoting off of Marcus Thigpen. For Tucker. I do like that. Same first name, so it's not that much of a pivot. Anyway, yeah, Tucker's my favorite value play this week for the Ticaz at 43. Uh, again, with not much value out there, game script fits. So, yeah, this Winnipeg secondary has been getting exposed a little bit the last couple weeks, and um, uh, secondary will have their hands full with Braylon Addison and Brandon Banks as well, so that could, again, open up targets for Tucker, who was like two thousand cheaper than Jalen Acklin, so I will I will take that all day. The savings, it's like a Tucker's like a Costco card of Hamilton receivers. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. Last segment before we wrap it up. It's the lock of the week. All right, guys. My lock of the week uh, play this week is Hamilton and Winnipeg over forty eight. Guys, I post all my favorite bets on Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna Dutch rudder myself for a minute here. We're winning at a 66% clip on CFL picks, and I don't pick anything. I actually think my highest odds or my I guess worst odds pick was uh, last week. I took Winnipeg at minus 140, and they again lost. Stopped us from having a perfect week, but I wasn't mad about how it happened. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty impressive given my my plays are usually minus 110 or plus action. So. I'm going to pat myself on the back there and, and give you my DFS. You went from Dutch rudder to pat on the back. Those, those are very different things. How about a, how about a fedora tip for your, that's a nice middle ground. ground. (laughs) Well done, Masser. Yes. Lock of the week. Lock of the week for DFS is Brian Burnham. His price only went up 200. This guy is out of his mind right now he's just so he's so good and he is honestly um what was that reference that what's his face made it was that they wish that bc was a team of brian burnham's and not in the not in the size or ability factor but just the the effort you know i also had a great take like that about brian burnham but i completely forgot what it was yeah i remember saying it something like that yeah, it was, it, it was something along those lines, actually. Yeah. All right, who are your locks of the week? All right, so I actually like the Alouettes plus five and a half here. I know the Lions are coming off two big wins, but it would be interesting to see what they can do against a team that is not just a pit of sadness. So it, <laughs> I think the Alouette uh, Lions game will be quite close. Most of the Lions games this year have been close anyway, and the Lions do tend to play down to their competition, excluding the last two weeks. I'm not going to look at those and go, this is the team. I'm going to base it on previous encounters, and the Lions being a favorite in any sort of way against any team is probably a mistake. This is the team, though. Kathy, Kathy Bates. Kelly Bates. <laughs> Kathy oh, Bates. God. <laughs> They honestly, I wouldn't mind having her in the locker room yelling at people. To be honest, but. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, Kathy is my um, significant other, so that's the that is the joke there. Anyway, yes. Uh, yeah, no. Kelly Bates is doing a great job. 
um, uh, with the offensive line, and I think that that was a big change that they um, they had to make, and they made it. So I, I honestly I think they can maintain more or less this form the rest of the season. I might be eating those words on Saturday. I probably will be for having any faith at all in this team, but sometimes I bought gotta... a hat at the beginning of the year because I was like, this is going to be the year. And was disappointed throughout, and the hat goes unworn. That is the amount of tattoo or something. That is very true. Anyway, um, uh, for my player lock of the week, I like Cody Fajardo. I think he's the best quarterback on the board. Um, Yeah, I I just think he's heads and tails better than anyone else available this week at quarterback. And I think if you're not playing him, you're putting either a too much faith in Mike Riley or Straveler. And you know me, I love Straveler, but. I think Fajardo has the opportunity to have a much better game. Yeah, I mean, you're right, honestly. He's just so scoring-reliant. Like, he, he scored those three touchdowns in the first half last week, had like 32 or 33 points at the half, and finished with 34 because that's yeah. what Chris Trevler is. He's not a good passer. He's just not. You had another you had another Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, option there. You know what? He just can't throw the ball. Like, uh, that was not good. That was, see, that's why you don't do it, because you can screw it up like that. Anyway, yeah. with that, we should probably get near ending it. All right, I'm going uh, to head out then for this week. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll call it there. As always, you know, you guys know where to find us on Twitter. You can find my picks on Twitter as well. Uh, probably post them Thursday. And uh, reach out if you have any questions, betting-related, DFS-related, whatever the case may be. Or hockey-related. We're getting to that type of year, time of year. If you, if you want to talk hockey with anyone, you know you can reach out to me. Yeah, no, you can talk basketball with me, but I'm probably not going to talk much hockey with you. I'm going to be yeah. honest. Um, you're a you're a <laughs> disgrace to Canada. Well, I like to think of myself as a filthy casual. You know, I I, I watch <laughs> hockey casually. I don't get into you know learning all the names of these young up and coming, you know, Slavs or you know Russians or whatever. I just I can't. Um, so yeah, Slabs. I'm just a casual fan. <laughs> is that is that a slur now? Oh no, no, no! It? It's oh, just okay. like I can't think of a Slavish, a Slavic NHL player. Like you mean like Scandinavian? No, like oh yeah, I guess Scandinavian. But I think uh, one I can think of is actually uh, Andre Kopitar. He's a Slav. Yes, he is Slovenian. The only Slovenian Slovenian NHL player ever. So. Still counts. Um, you got one. Okay, there you yes. go. All right. Anyway, yeah. No, that's it for the show this week. Uh, we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. If you don't reach out to us on Twitter, then best of luck, and you will hear from us then. Goodbye. Peace.